We have uh, a short amount of time left. Um, I have an abridged version of my talk, which I'm going to edit on the fly, so this is going to be fun. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's amazing, because this week I was going to talk, and I am going to talk, on the Sabbath, uh, as one of our spiritual disciplines, and we've been in that series. Um, I think it's amazing, because this could be the last time we meet like this for a while, and God wanted me to talk about what the Sabbath actually means. Because I talked about how God's going to accelerate certain things, but some of the things are going to be reset. I think we'll find that how we do church, or how we think about church, and how we think about the Sabbath, is one of those areas that God's going to hit reset on. And so I think this is amazingly time. Thank you, Lord. Um, and I want to talk about this, uh, what this Sabbath actually means for us. And of course, as you know, um, we are, and I've only got 15 minutes, so don't worry, I'm not going to keep you here forever. Uh, we looked at Jesus' invitation to all those who are weary, well, and burdened, and, you know, it's a, it, is a, it is an invitation for this season. Um, and we looked at the spiritual discipline of silence last week, and I encourage you to keep doing that, as I mentioned earlier. But what does the Sabbath mean? You see, the reality is we all have our perceptions of what the Sabbath is. Now, you might say to me, well, I don't actually know what that is, Mark. Well... Your, your perception of the Sabbath might be that a long time ago you couldn't do shopping on a Sunday. Or maybe you think, well, hey, hold on, isn't the Sabbath an old kind of Jewish thing? Or maybe your perception of Sabbath is, when I grew up, my parents didn't let me do this, that, and the other. Or maybe your perception of Sabbath is, actually, it's a really healthy thing and I love it. Or maybe your perception of Sabbath is, isn't the Sabbath just going to church? This is what I want us to do, is hit reset on our perceptions, because that's all wrong. I, Ask yourself the question, when did you last hear a sermon on the Sabbath? I don't think I have. And I think in this hour, I think God is challenging us with spiritual disciplines to say, I want to tell you what the Sabbath is about. Because in there is a way of living that has a blessing. And Steph and I and the family have been walking in a Sabbath for, for many weeks now. And I said to you that all of us will be preaching I've been doing these spiritual disciplines. And what I want to do is actually look at what the Sabbath is from the scriptures and I'll weave in our personal experience about that. And so if you come with any perceptions, get a bit of a rubber and just rub them all out. Here you go, here's a clean piece of paper. And let's fill this in together. So what is the Sabbath? We're gonna look at some scripture in a moment, but I wanna start by saying this. It is part of God's sacred rhythm. We need to understand that God has created a rhythm for life. Because if we don't understand this, we won't get the Sabbath. God has weaved a rhythm into the very fabric of the universe. Did you know this? If you believe, put it this way, if you believe that the universe was intentionally created by an intentional God, then you rather have to think that everything is intentional. You see the rhythm in the universe around us, don't you? You see the planets, the way they move around in orbits. Was that an accident? You see the way the seasons come and go, the way that brings life, a rhythm of life. It, was it an accident? We see it in the rising and the falling, the setting of the sun and the moon, the night and the day. We know that was intentional. Tides coming in and coming out. What is that? Rhythm. Months and moon cycles. Rhythm. If you open our eyes and it says in the scriptures that the whole of, of creation brings glory and reflects the glory of God, you say, wow, none of this is by accident. And you see, God has put an intentional rhythm to our week 
and yet we've forgotten and we've missed it. You see, the Sabbath was put in place as part of an intentional God-designed rhythm to our lives that we have been created to walk in. You see, one of the reasons that we are so wearisome and burdened and why we need to come to Jesus for rest is because we've come out of the the recommended manufacturer's uh, approach to live in this life. If you're putting the wrong fuel in your car and it stumbles along and you think, this is a terrible engine, it's not that the engine is terrible, it's that you've been putting the wrong fuel in. And for some of us, don't blame yourself that you're terrible, it's just that we're not walking, I would suggest, in love, the kind of rhythm that God has created us to walk in. And what is this rhythm? Well, let's look at this together. Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. We know that God created for six days. It says here, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Now listen to this. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And then what happened? It made it into the list of the Ten Commandments. Did you know that? And you know when uh, Israel came out of Egypt, God reminded them to observe it. And you might say, well, hold on, didn't Jesus like abolish that? No. What he did was he He made the Pharisees realize they had missed the heart of the Sabbath. They had made the Sabbath a thing. And in fact, from that, they had built many rules and regulations around what you could and couldn't do. None of that was what God had said. But Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. And so why is the Sabbath important? And I want to just give you four things very briefly. Number one, because God wants us to stop and rest. God is saying to us, take a break. You see, we weren't made to live a rhythm of life devoid of rest. Did you know that? The world will tell you that you don't need to on a Sunday, that it can be like every other day or whatever day you have your Sabbath. Or the rhythm we, we actually live is like this. Work, 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 work. exhaustion, holiday. <gasps> Work, 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 holiday. Ah. You see, here's the thing. We've been created to walk in a rhythm. It's not that we don't walk in any rhythm. It's just that we walk in someone else's rhythm. Don't, don't think to yourself that this rhythm thing is inaccurate. You can just think about your life and think, actually, I've got myself into a rhythm of, sus- of sustaining. And so it's not a question of whether you live in a rhythm of life or not. The question I want to pose to you is, whose rhythm are you living in? You know, during the French Revolution in France, they switched to a new rhythm. This is fascinating. A 10-day work week. And the reason they did that was to up productivity. Because they thought, well, we can just work longer. Do you know what happened? Disaster. The economy crashed. The suicide rate skyrocketed. And productivity went down. And there have been studies after studies that have shown that there is a zero correlation, did you know this, between busyness and hurry and productivity. In fact, this is where it gets fascinating. Once you work a certain number of hours in a week, your productivity then plummets. Did you know this? Anyone want to guess how many hours that is? 50 hours. How many days that is? Roughly six days a week. Funny that, isn't it? 
So we're saying that the research is showing that after about six days, we need a rest? Yeah. Funny that, isn't it? I love it when science catches up with the Bible. Is God trying to tell us something? There's a great quote from H.H. H. Farmer. What a great name. He said this, if you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. Which is an interesting way of saying, well, if you get worn out and you're working seven days, then there's a reason for that. You see, people who keep the Sabbath also live all the, all the days differently. You see, the thing about having a stopping and rest is that the rest of the six days, you live in a different way. You start the week in a different place. You see, Sabbath is more than a day off. It actually sets the cadence of the whole week. And we need to rest. Steph and I, as a family, as I mentioned, we've been doing a Sabbath. Now, I can't really do a Sabbath on a Sunday because, well, I work. Um, this is my job, of which I'm grateful and I enjoy it. But I'm working. And I don't get home until 2 o'clock, 2.30, whatever it is. And so what we do is we start our Sabbath Friday night until Saturday. And what we decided to do, and we'll look at how, some tips in a moment while I look at the time. We'll give some tips in a moment how you can do the Sabbath. But we start with the family around the table and we have communion. And we mark the start and we, and we pray together. The kids love it. It's become like their favorite event, having communion at home. And you, you know, you can do this. It doesn't have to be a family. You can maybe invite some friends. You can do it on your own. But how do you mark the start? And then we put our phones away as best we're able. By the way, we're, we're, we're practicing. We're not perfect. So. And then we have a meal together and we talk about the week. And it starts a new rhythm. And, we, and, and on our Saturday, we stop. And we don't work. We try and plan for it so that all the stuff that needs to be done, we get done during the week. And in fact, that's what the Jewish Jews still do now as they do that. They get ready for the Sabbath. Number two, why else should we have the Sabbath? Stop and rest is the first one, and you'll find some health in that. And by the way, I know that's not easy for everybody. You know, some of you work, but how can we just think about carving out time and start where you're at? It might not be a full 24 hours. It might be something else, but just start. Number two, delight and celebrate. When God stopped, he, he rested. And what did he do? He said, wow, look at what I've done. Isn't that amazing? You see, at the start of the year, we looked at Thanksgiving, didn't we? And getting into a rhythm of being thankful to God. Because I said that there's many benefits and you can catch up on that. But essentially, one of the benefits is we enjoy the blessings that God has given us. We, we hurtle through life so quickly that the thing that we enjoyed three weeks ago becomes old and dusty and we need the new shiny thing. That is what hurtling through life will do to you. You won't enjoy the blessings and you will move from a place of contentment to a place of, I need something more. And so when you stop and you delight, and delight in what God has created, the family around you, the friends around you, the things that you have, it changes the way that we see his blessings. And you know, Frank A. Clark said this, if a fellow isn't thankful for what he's got, he isn't likely to be thankful for what he's going to get. We need to be thankful. And you see, the Sabbath was God's way of saying, let's put in place a rhythm of thanksgiving. We need to be thankful. And you know what? He inhabits, inhabits the praise of his people. So there's that. Number three, you get filled up. This is, this is interesting. There is a spiritual dynamic to having a Sabbath. The Sabbath is blessed. So we read in verse 3 that God blessed the day. Have you ever wondered what that means? If God blessed something, don't you think we should say, wow, what does that actually mean? So what kind of blessing is it? Well, there's three blessings that God talks about in the first 
two chapters of Genesis. The first one is he blessed the animal kingdom. Genesis 1.22 said, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Okay? Second blessing, he blessed humankind. Genesis 1.28, he said, be fruitful and increase in number. And then what did he do? He blessed the Sabbath. One of the books that we've been using for this series is John Mark Comer's The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I think we might have even sold out. I know many of you have been buying this. I'd recommend it to you. It's how to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world. And um, I'd encourage you to read that. And John Mark Comer makes the point that, and many others, uh, many others do, that actually the Sabbath, as you enter it, you enter into a blessing that it fills you up. It multiplies. It actually has the ability to procreate. God can't bless a day and it not have any impact on you. If you believe that, then you also have to null and void the previous two blessings that God gave humankind and animal kind, right? We can't be picky about the blessings we believe in or not. It doesn't work like that. And so we miss out on walking in a blessing if we don't walk in the Sabbath. Now, I don't say that in terms of fear-mongering and say, whoa, condemnation. I say that as encouragement. There's more blessings to be had, people. And you'd believe that if you see God as a God that loves us, a heavenly Father that wants us to walk in abundance. This makes sense then, doesn't it? And we've found, this has been interesting, and we've kind of mused about this, Steph and I, but it's like, I just feel like more filled up. I feel like life is just, it's almost like our, our week starts better. And part of that is physically, that we find rest. But there's something else, there's a spiritual dynamic when we walk in a Sabbath it literally fills you up. Number four, the last one before we end. Contemplate and worship. The Sabbath is holy. You see, in addition to God blessing the Sabbath, he said, it is holy. What does that mean? It means that it has been set aside for God. That's what holy means. And so what we do on a Sabbath is we take time to reflect and contemplate and worship God. You see, I want to be very clear. Sabbath is not coming to church. That is part of it. But if you walk out of here and you're cussing your fellow neighbor, or you're having bad thoughts, or etc., 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 you're not walking in a Sabbath. You see, entering into Sabbath rest is recognizing that the day is holy and set apart for Him. That we should take every opportunity to worship Him. You know, I wake up on a Sabbath and I try. The first thing I do is just worship him and contemplate and thank him. And so, because of the time, I've only given you it very briefly, and we could have spent more on all of that, but essentially, the Sabbath is a time to stop and rest. How can you think through stopping doing your chores and your work, and I know it's difficult, but what are the steps that you can make? One step leads to two steps, three. What are these tweaks to your lives? You can think, you know what, if I can be a bit more intentional in doing that on a Monday or a Tuesday or Wednesday, then on a Sunday when you have your Sabbath or whatever day you, need, you want it to be, that you can try and carve out time just for yourselves to get into a place of rest. Number two, how can you delight and celebrate all that God's given? And you know what that means? It means... It means that your, son, your Sabbath becomes the, the most exciting and best day. What makes you delight in life? Is it going to play football? Is it to have your friends over? Is it, what is it that gives you delight? I think it's amazing. God was not 
legalistic, to use that phrase. God was not very strict on the guidelines around this. Actually, man was. The Pharisees came on and said, well, God said delight, and so this is what the list looks like. That was man. That's why Jesus came in Matthew 12, 1 to 12, you can read that, and rebuked the Pharisees for what they had done to the Sabbath. And so what gives you delight? Number three, get filled up. As you walk in that, have an expectation that the Lord is blessing you. And lastly, worship. Worship. And so as I end, I want to give you six tips for how you can do a Sabbath. All right? Six tips. Here we go. Number one. And this is taken from this amazing book, which we've got in the bookshop, called... I feel like a salesman. I'm really not. I just want to encourage you with some resources. I know many of you read this. Peter Scassero is the emotionally healthy leader. And there's a whole chapter on how you walk in a Sabbath. And he talks about creating a container for your Sabbath. In other words, what are your boundaries? What does the Sabbath look like for you? What gives you delight? What enables you to have rest? What does it look like for you to be intentional on worshipping God? Number two, pick a time and day. You know, some of you might work on a Sunday. Some of you might be busy. Is it, it doesn't need to be a Sunday. It can be a Saturday. It could be a Friday. Whatever it might be. Number three, make a list of what brings you delight. And I mentioned this earlier. Be intentional. In other words, what does your best day look like? Your Sabbath should be like the best day of your week. You see, the problem with our old misconceptions is that Sabbath has become a pain. When I grew up, my misconception of a Sabbath was a time at which we went to a jumble cell at my infant school, and I got this amazing console, and I couldn't wait to go home and play on it, and my parents says, we can't because we're not going to go buy batteries for you today, you have to wait until Monday. So I grew up thinking Sabbath was a burden, but Sabbath is not a burden, it's life-giving. So what brings you delight? Number four, prepare in advance. Can you rejig things around that will help you enter into a time of rest? and delight, and all those things. Number five, mark the start. It could be a prayer. We light a candle at the same time. We light a candle, all of us, and the kids love taking turns on that. And we, and we look at that, and we say, thank you, Jesus, that you're our light, that you're the light to this world, and we pray. It might be playing a song. It might be a verse. Whatever it works for you, mark the start. And lastly, mark the end. At the end, a prayer or a scripture. There you go. So we are in a season where we might not be here like this together next Sunday, but that doesn't mean that you don't do church. And it might be the perfect opportunity for you to hit reset on the Sabbath and what it means for all of you. And with that, I'd like us all to stand as I invite the band up. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I want to just give us an opportunity to respond to this word. As we said, we've been looking at these spiritual disciplines because this is walking the way of Jesus, walking in a way in which God had created us to, because as we do, we walk in all the benefits and the blessings that he has for us. And the Sabbath rest is one of those. And if you feel kind of a stirring in your spirit, I think for many of you, there's a bit of an excitement going on right now. I want you just to respond to your heart in quietness. Say, Lord, I, I want to walk in a Sabbath. And what I want to do is just pray a blessing on you. So let's just do that now in this moment of quiet. Just do some business with the Lord. Say, you know what, Lord? Maybe you need to say sorry, Lord. Sorry that I've ignored this, you know. For some of you, maybe you've kind of reeled against it. Say, Lord, actually, you know what? This is for me. Just want to give you a couple of moments in your heart to pray.
Lord Jesus, I pray for each one of us that has responded that you would help us to walk in the Sabbath. That the Ten Commandments, Lord, we know we shouldn't murder people and we don't. We know we shouldn't do this, that, and the other, and yet when we get to the commandment about the Sabbath, we kind of ignore it. And yet it was there not as a burden, but because all of your commandments bring life and blessing. And I pray for each one of us in this season of hitting reset on so many things, that you would help us hit reset on what it means to walk in the Sabbath. That, Lord, you would give us the strength that we need. You would give us the wisdom that we need. You would open the doors in for us to do this. It might be we've got conversation to have with family members that don't need, know you. Maybe it's many other things, Lord. Maybe it's work commitments. I pray whatever it is, Lord, that you would make a way where maybe it seems like there isn't one. And Lord, lastly, I pray that we wouldn't walk away with a feeling of, that this is a burden, but Lord, you would open our eyes to the life-giving practice that this is. And so I pray a blessing on each one of us as we worship the Lord now. Amen.